1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Chasing Tales podcast. My name is Walt. His name is Chase, and we have one easy goal. Every week, we try and connect with you guys and bring the outdoors to you when you're in the office, when you're at work, when you're mowing the yard, whatever it is that's keeping you out of the woods. We're hoping to entertain you and bring the woods to you each and every week. Uh, Today's going to be a little bit of a BS session between Chase and I because we haven't really talked about us in a little bit, well, really, since Chase shot his deer. Um, and uh, the season's kind of progressing we're kind of hitting the meat of my season um, so we're just gonna kind of catch up but uh, chase dude what's uh, what's going on in your world you know personal best buck has been killed i mean have we <laughs> yes. talked about that on the podcast yet no we haven't oh okay well let's the That's floor the is yours sir on the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah man uh well on i think it was december 2nd uh, was the day that i ended up uh, taking that buck and the funny part was is back when we were at the teaching train in Tallahassee uh, i had gotten some trail cam pictures of a buck uh, in velvet that was really big and i was showing it to uh, some of the guys like craig and nick and adam and was like hey check out this buck that i got on my camera in velvet and you know how summer stuff is where oh, yeah. you're you're kind of like well He's on the property now, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be on the property uh, come the fall because right. they have they have different ranges. And I got some other pictures of him in some other areas. It was just a random, I just set this trail camera up on a road, just, just kind of on this road where a couple of roads kind of come together and just happened to catch him walking and He looked like at this point, which I thought was kind of weird, he was, he looked like he was already pretty much fully grown. Like he didn't have much left uh, to do at that point. And it was still probably, I don't know, two months before they shed their velvet at this point. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I don't know if this deer is going to do much else uh, unless he just starts throwing some weird kickers or something, you know, (laughs) but uh, I, I, that's when I first noticed him on camera. And at the time I didn't really recognize him because he was, he was in velvet and it was kind of a, it was a side profile picture and I I wasn't sure if I had any history with the deer before. And once we finally get to where uh, he's out of velvet, uh, I find him uh, when he's out of velvet and he was kind of, he was kind of going through this uh, pinch point and there were, there was a peanut field probably, I don't know, a quarter mile away. Uh, that a bunch of the deer were going to. So it was a great spot to put a camera um, because I was catching all kinds of deer that would come cruising through this uh, pinch point to kind of get to that field, that peanut field. And the funny part about the story is it was the first day of our season, first day of bow season. And I was slotted to work so I was like you know what I'm and I hadn't had I'd had pictures of them crossing through this point but a lot of it was in the evening time and a lot of it was probably you know maybe 30 minutes after dark 30 minutes to an hour after dark of him cruising back or cruising through there and I had never gotten any pictures of them in the morning time like coming back uh, Mm -hmm. from there it was always like an evening time photo or every now and then it'd be maybe in the middle of the night or something, but it was always him leaving and I never got in a morning time photo and I decided I was like you know what i'm i'm not gonna I'm not gonna hunt open in the morning. I really didn't have a deer that I had figured that I had pinned down anywhere uh public private, any of those things so I decided I'm just gonna go to work, <laughs> and I had a cell cam in that area, and the cell cam was it was kind of spotty. It was like It's like hit or miss in that area. Like the signal wasn't great. So sometimes it would send you all the pics. Sometimes it may send you partial pics. Sometimes it wouldn't send you anything. And I'm sitting at work and I get this text. And I think I had it set to send me text like around 9 o'clock in the morning or something at that point. And I get this text of him and three other bucks cruising through that pinch point at like 7:30 in the morning on opening day. <laughs> and I was like I was like you got to be kidding me, man. I have not seen this deer in a morning time picture at all. And then opening day, he cruises through there with three other bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck, man? So I was trying to figure. I was like I was like I wonder why they I, and I hadn't really had, I'd kind of seen him running with a um couple of other bucks um kind of during the summer. He, was, he would run with, like, this little uh, probably two-and-a-half-year-old, like, wider uh, eight-point and then, like, a smaller, like, basket-rack seven-point that they were kind of all, every, most of the pictures I'd kind of see them running together. Right. And I was trying to figure out, I, like, I was like, I wonder why all these deer were kind of funneling off uh, that morning in particular. You know what I mean? It was like, it was just weird. it was just And there was a ton of does, and, I, I mean, I got all kinds of pictures that morning. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this would have been like an incredible first first hunt of the year, opening day, just to have all of that uh, activity come cruising through. And what they were doing is they were using, there was these, uh, it was kind of an area in between like planted pines, but there were um, this like finger of oak trees that ran through it. And they were using that finger of oak trees to kind of travel back through to go to their bedding areas, is what I figured. And that was the last picture I got of him in the morning time for months. (laughs) That was the last picture I got of him in a morning time. And actually the last daylight picture I got of him for a while. Um, And I was like, so, but anyways, at that time I was like, okay, I I know they're, I'm pretty sure they're coming off this peanut field. Well, a couple of days later I go check that peanut field. Well, they had tilled it under. And I was like, okay, well, that's a wrap. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Like, they may come <laughs> a little bit more, but they're not going to be traveling here very much more. And at that point, I'm I'm trying to figure out, okay, where do I? And then I'm just I'm just running cameras everywhere, uh, just trying to see if I can get uh, him on camera. And I'm also there was also one other deer that I was kind of that I've been interested in in the last three years of taken as well. Uh, but they're in different areas, so I, I run some cameras over there, and then I, then I was running cameras kind of everywhere to try to find him, and he would pop up on camera just every now and then, like in in, a, in maybe a random area at a random time, and I'd, I probably didn't catch another daylight picture of him until maybe middle of October, so maybe a month after that, I caught like a, a random daylight picture of him on the road where I originally got a picture of him like at five o'clock in the in the afternoon with a couple of does so I figured I was like well he's with those does and I knew that they would be uh, looking for does pretty much from the get-go and I figured well he's just going to be spotty because he's going to be out trying to uh, breed does and I had noticed that his neck had swollen up and all that good stuff where he was like yeah yeah it's it's just going to be at this point it's not necessarily going to be I'm gonna have him patterned. It would be more of getting some of these areas and probably get lucky if he's cruising through, trying to chasing a doe or something along those lines. So I, I continue to run cameras, uh, not having a lot of luck uh, on him. And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Well, I've got to go to Iowa." So I do the Iowa trip, uh, get back, and I don't, I don't think I caught a picture, a single picture of him while I was gone. Um, to Iowa, but I believe my father-in-law, who was running some cameras in there too, had like a picture or two of them. But it was always in like the middle of the night, like it might maybe two or three o'clock in the morning, uh, where he'd have pictures of this deer. So I, so what I, I decided I was like, you know what? I was like, he spent a lot of time in that kind of that pinch point area. I knew it was dropping, had been dropping. There'd been acorns dropping in that area, so I decided to put a camera a cell camera, my cell camera back over in that area and run it. And then lo and behold, I catch like kind of like a nighttime picture of them over in that area, um, like a couple of days in a row. So I'm like, okay, well he, he's, I've got a couple of days in a row pictures, but they weren't, they weren't daylight pictures at that point. And one evening I decide, well, I was trying to get out there and hunt and my wife had something she had to do at work, so I couldn't get out to there. And then I get a picture of him like at 4:30 in the afternoon on the cell camera <laughs> that evening. and I was like, I was like, oh man, you got to be kidding me. It was like <laughs> I hadn't seen a daylight picture of him since October 15th and this was probably, uh, I don't know, November 20th or something like that or whatever. So maybe two daylight pictures of this deer in two months. Is uh, is how many I, I had gotten in two months, and the rest were all like nighttime picks. So I'm like, okay, well, I was like, he's in this area. Um, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to figure. I'm gonna just work this area uh, for from here on out um, until I can get them. As long as the wind's right, as long as I got a good good wind, um, I'll come in this area. And in that area, I probably and I probably only spent like over the season maybe five sets in that area, like total um, because of the wind and just not getting consistent pictures uh, of him. Not to say he wasn't in that area. I, I was just, I was just kind of going off some cell cam uh, data and he showed up then. And then there was maybe a few days later, he showed up on the camera in the morning time. And I was, I think I was at work again and it was like eight thirty in the morning. He was on that camera and I was like, all right, this is this is kind of like okay he's he's working he's back in this area he he's working this area for some reason and i always thought that was his pretty much his area cuz it was a big bedding big bedding area right there and my figure was i was like i i'm pretty sure he beds over in this big bedding area right here and i'm just going to have to um it's just that's this is where i'm probably going to end up uh killing him is going to be in this area and I probably, and at, but at that point, I'd only hunted that spot two times. Like I'd hunted that spot two times during uh, the the entire season. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'm just from here on out. It's going to, and it's supposed to be, I know it's supposed to, we're supposed to get some cold fronts coming through. I'm just going to set up in this area. And I hunted it one, I think I hunted it an evening time and saw a, a few deer. And then I hunted it a morning time when it was cold and I saw a ton of deer. Like there was a morning that I went and sat up in there and just saw a ton of deer, saw quite a few small bucks and does, and they were all cruising through and nothing. And the way the wind was, it was perfect and nothing ever, uh, winded me or got spooked or anything like that. I mean, I had deer all around me. Heck, I even had, I think I sent you a picture of a button buck that bedded underneath me (laughs) for like 20 minutes. Uh, chewing on some acorns and whatever other brows uh, that he was feeding on in that area. And I noticed I was like, I was like, man they are, they're definitely using this area and they're hitting these uh, acorns And the acorn is weird because those acorns had dropped had been dropping for probably like two months. but I had noticed that they weren't ever really eating on them when they'd cruised through there. And then all of a sudden I noticed I'm like, hey, I was like, these deer are starting to kind of eat these acorns that have been here for a month and a half. Um, and I, li- it's funny, I listened to a podcast, uh, the other day from the uh, MSU Deer Lab, mm-hmm. and it was about acorns. Really? And it was about acorns. And the study, uh, the guy did a, a study on, I think his name's Uriah. I think he actually has a podcast. Uh, he's like a co host on, an, on another podcast, and I can't remember what the name of their podcast is,
1: but they,
0: they did a study on acorns.
1: Oh, Mariah, um, uh, hunt the right, land right. podcast. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yep. And he had he had done a study on acorns, and one of the things that he had found was is he he actually went and acquired a ton of acorns. Yep. And he put them underneath uh, these trees, and he found that it wasn't until after like two months after he had put the acorns down that the deer started hammering them. Really. And it was kind of like a, a post-rut type thing. Like it was after, uh, it was kind of a little bit during the rut and then post-rut when they started hammering uh, the acorns uh, on those trees. So I was like, well, I was like, that 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 kind of makes sense to maybe why they were hammering the, uh, the acorns in that area uh, a month and a half or so after they had dropped. And these were actually, these were water oaks, um, acorns. That, and then maybe uh, a laurel, too, kind of mixed in that were uh, dropping uh, in that area. And so they were eating on it, and I was like, well, I didn't see him. Uh, and then I, ha- I hadn't got a picture of him in a few days. And I had my, this is the same thing with my cell cam. All of a sudden, for like a week, my cell cam just starts sending me one picture every transmission. Like it would just send me one pic, and it may be of the deer like walking far away or up close or just something like it wasn't sending me like normal picks like it had been sending me and I was like well it's messed up so I was like I don't even have uh <laughs> any uh intel really for like a, a week week's time so it was the morning of the second I decided okay I'm going in there the wind was at this point the wind would be absolutely perfect for this spot for how I figured uh the deer was using that area and it was 27 degrees that morning. <laughs> so I'm like, well, if anything, it's is the coldest day of the season so far. Right. And I get there that morning, get set up. And I actually, I probably got there, I didn't get there super early to, to set up. I probably got there maybe 10, 15 minutes um, before uh, legal shooting light. Got set up because it's kind of an area where I kind of got to walk through some stuff and I'm trying to be quiet, like super quiet getting in. And I would just rather be able to see just a little bit walking around as opposed to making a bunch of noise uh, to get to this area. Because, I mean, it butts up right to bedding. I mean, it's in between bedding, basically. And I get in, and it wasn't too long after I had been set up, uh, I see this young, like, seven basket rack seven point uh, come through, and he's feeding on some acorns in front of me. And I'm just watching him. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna watch him and kind of see what he does. And he was eating some, uh, br- a little bit of browse, uh, grabbing some acorns. And all of a sudden, I hear a noise kind of behind me to the left, and I like kind of slowly turn back behind me to the left, and there he stands at 20 yards. God. The buck I've been after all season <laughs> is standing behind me at 20 yards. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, oh my goodness! And <laughs> he's looking at the other buck, like right. he's 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 kind of looking towards the other buck. And I'm like, well, and I didn't want to move too much because it was one of those cold, like, kind of crisp mornings where there's no basically not a lot of wind, mm-hmm. and every little noise is like amplified. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, he's he's kind of looking my direction a little bit. He's looking towards that buck, but he had no clue. Um, I was in the world, so I'm like, well, let's let's see how this plays out. So all of a sudden, he kind of starts moving towards me a little bit. and I'm like, I was like, this deer is fixing to walk, and I didn't really have a shot. And I was like, this deer is fixing to walk directly underneath me, and I'm I'm hunting with a rifle at this point. Like I I brought my rifle because everywhere I had uh, gotten pictures, um, he was. It was in that pinch point, like 60, 70 yards away. And I figured that's what was going to be my shot, like him cruising through that pinch point area, and I was going to get a shot at him at like 60, 70 yards, probably. And that was pretty much the closest tree I could get in towards that pinch point. And he kind of, he's walking towards me, and he kind of stops. And then he puts his head down and he kind of rubs his antlers in some dog fennel. Like there was like this little dog fennel bush right there. And he starts kind of like rubbing his antlers in his, in the dog fin. On that point, I'm kind of, I get turned, get the gun up, get ready. Well, he turns and acts like he's fixing to go back in the woods. And I was like, oh no, you're not, you're not fixing to pull the slip (laughs) on me at 12 yards. Like 10 to 12 yards is where he's at at this point. He's like at 10 to 12 yards at this point. And he turns and he stops. He just turned and he kind of stopped. And he was, his head and neck and kind of shoulder were all behind a tree, Um, but he had a little bit of his vitals exposed, kind of near where his last ribs and stuff would be. And I get set up, get the crosshairs on him, and I'm like, well, he's kind of quartered away anyway. So I was like, if I stick it back back a little bit, I'm like, it's still going to quarter and it may go out right behind uh, his shoulder on the other side. So... He turns, he sits there for a few seconds. I get on him, pull the trigger, and he kind of spins, turns. He runs directly underneath me and away from me, and I'm trying to listen. I'm like, okay, I'm listening, and he made it into some short pines uh, with some dog fennel or some of that you know, that broom sage, and I thought I heard a crash, and I'm like – I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I've just shot this uh, this big buck that I've been after uh, the whole season. And I had recognized this deer uh, from a year before. He was a nine point this year, but I recognized him from last year where he was just, he was an eight point, but he had the exact same frame and kind of his left side kind of curled uh, in a little bit more and looked identical other than he had like a ninth point that was maybe two inches long or something on that side and last year I made a decision that I wasn't going to shoot him because last year he was about 100 inches mm-hmm. or so yep and he and he was broke and he had broken one of his tines uh one of his g2s uh last year uh fighting so I made the decision not to shoot him and I sit there for a while and I'm like and uh, deer are at this point deer are and actually when I shot him there was a spike that I didn't even see that runs and he runs directly underneath where I'm sitting at. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, I don't even know where this deer was, but I was, I was locked in on the big deer at that point. So he could have just kind of moved in from anywhere at that point. So he kind of sticks around for a little bit. And then I had uh, a ton of more like does and kind of small bucks kind of funnel through that area. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit. It was 7:30 in the morning. I mean, it wasn't long after daylight, uh, when, when I shot him, and I'm kind of going through my head, I was like, All right, I was like, I know I had to hit him. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) he was at 10 yards. Um, Because, you know, stuff starts running through your head after you shoot, and the deer runs off. It's it's like a million things. could. It's like, okay, I I know I hit him good. I was like, I I still want to kind of give him some time anyways just in case. I hit him a little bit further back than I thought I did. I'm pretty sure I heard him crash. And I'd been sitting there for maybe an hour, hour and a half, and I had actually, I think I had like poloed you and I had text a couple of other people and I was like, hey, I just had the buck at 10 yards and I couldn't get a shot. Like I was, I was pretty much playing it up with everybody. Yeah, I'm like, you were, I'm like, Hey man, I was like, which is so like,
1: typical for you.
0: Well, yeah. And the <laughs> fact that that's how my season had been going already this year. Right. Like everything that could go wrong had had gone wrong. Like deer on the other side of a fence it, 10 to 12 yards, uh, bow being messed up, muzzle loader not going off, just all kinds of things that yep. have happened this season. And I was like, well, this will sound believable. They're, they're all going to believe me that this happened <laughs> for the most part because that's just the way the year's been going.
1: I didn't even think, when you sent me that message, I was like, wow, he just can't catch a break. Like, this is unreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I, I get my binoculars, and I'm kind of – I was
0: like, let me kind of glass the area where I shot him at. And then I saw, like, there was this bright red spot on some – um just like a, a weed or something that was over there. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I definitely uh got him. So I'm like, at that point, I'm like, all right, it's time to get down. I can't wait any longer <laughs> to see. So get down, go check the spot, and sure enough, it looked like some lung material and blood on that – uh on the leaves right there and I have a blood tra- actually had a good blood trail. And then that's the point where I call you. I'm like, Hey man, I was just kidding. I actually shot, I <laughs> actually shot the deer <laughs> yeah. at 12 yards, pretty much point blank range with the <laughs> rifle. Um, and at that yeah, point you, you're kind of you like, fa- Oh man, I could have shot this deer with a bow, but then it's just like, well, so sometimes you don't bring a, a knife to a gunfight, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those deals where I'm like, Ah, I could have brought the bow. Um but I, I honestly how I had um played it in my head, that was not that scenario never entered my mind that I'd be able to shoot him at ten yards. Like, right. It was, it was just didn't play into my play into the um I didn't factor it in. And so I get on the phone with you and then I'm like, Hey, I'm going, I start talking to you. Oh, and that's right. Start, Cause you
1: called me first and you did the blood trail. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. I
0: called you. I start blood trailing the deer and then it, it he probably went 40 <laughs> yards. I <laughs> yeah. mean, he, where he ran away from me and he went into that stuff. I couldn't see him anymore. Um, and, but I'd never saw, I never saw him run like left or right or anything like that. Cause he ran kind of straight away from me and there was some trees kind of in the way. And then I'd heard the crash or a crack, what I thought was a crash in that area so pretty much walk follow the blood trail right to them (laughs) and then the celebrating kind of uh starts and then i was like hey let me i was like i was like well shoot we can facetime so then i'm like let me see if i can facetime you from here and then i facetime you and uh then uh that was it man that was the the culmination of this season and i was like finally something paid off Uh, where everything else had gone wrong, and it's kind of like one of those deals where you got to keep telling yourself and keep making yourself go. Even if stuff's gone wrong, you've had things happen, it can change in an instant like that. I mean, literally, I hear something behind me. Look, there he is, 20 yards. 30 seconds later, I'm shooting him at 10 yards. And I have this deer uh, on the ground, and then so I've got to call everybody and – uh, I'm sending people some text, kinda like some half text of that and then of course I had a couple of buddies who was like, I can't believe you lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was
1: Nick, wasn't it? Uh was Nick that, one that of
0: those? was um that was my buddy uh, Brandon Ogden, the one oh, okay, that uh, okay, hunts okay. in public with, or whatever. Yeah. He's like, "You lie," <laughs> and they all believed it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm telling you, everybody believed that story just because of how the season had gone." They're like, "No way, man! Your season, man! This is just <laughs> yeah. 2020 has not been good to you." <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and in, in y'all, I, listen, Chase. We call him. You know, I, mean, I, I didn't come up with this nickname. This is one that someone else gave him, but it is, you know totally suitable for uh for, for him and that is Iceman everybody calls him Iceman because he's just he's calm all the time I think I've seen him like slightly aggravated one time and that was <laughs> you when, when we had some people try and you know fool with us while we we're trying to get out to a hunt when he l- shoots a big deer he loses his mind I have never heard someone go from so chill all the time <laughs> to fired the hell up I mean he is just <laughs> cloud nine man oh yeah 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 well
0: I mean you just got to think of uh I was like and this is a big deer I mean this is a big deer for Florida anyways and everything that had kind of gone on this season I'm like finally like finally you got all these like emotions and they finally kind of come out to where um you're just super pumped and and thankful um that, that everything finally came together and I just kind of have always had that never give up spirit. Anyways, um, I mean, I, I I remember at one point watching. I think it was Mike Iaconelli. They used to fish like the, yep. the Bass Masters and all that yep. stuff. And he was fishing a tournament, and all of and all of and he was having some rough time. But then all of a sudden he starts catching these big fish, like right yep. at the end of the tournament. And then he just starts screaming, "Never give up." And I had always kind of used that as my mantra. I always think of him when I'm like, "Okay, it's time to." Maybe I should just give up. I always think about that moment that I that I watched of him just screaming, "Never give up!" And I, I kind of use that as uh, motivation. But yeah, he was a he was a big deer. Um, I got him out. It's funny. I, I kind of I texted my wife uh, the picture. And she doesn't really get fired up about me (laughs) killing a deer. Um, She's always like, oh, poor thing. And then, like, her response back was, wow, finally.
1: (laughs) 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 You didn't tell me that.
0: (laughs) So it was funny. She's like, wow, oh, wow, finally. (laughs) It sounds then, like something
1: Anna, Elena would say.
0: Yeah, and then finally, I and then I, th- I think I sent her pictures. She's like, "Oh, poor thing," or something like yeah. that. And that was that was the second one. But um, I uh, took it. and then my father in law had kind of been chasing this deer. He knew about him and he had kind of been hunting an area where where he thought he was. So I decided, and he was at work. So I was like, "You know, what? I'm going to load this deer up and I'm just going to take him to him and show him." And as I was leaving, he's texting me. Or he texted me, because he always texts me a picture, like, well, or picture, like, of something, like, thinking I've killed something, basically. He's like, well, have you you killed anything, or you got a picture, or whatever? So I just send him a text back. I'm like, are you at the office? And he texts me, yes. And then, like, a second later, he's like, did you get him?" And (laughs) I was like, I didn't say anything back. Well, then all of a sudden, he's calling me. (laughs) He's calling (laughs) my cell phone. (laughs) Or I think I texted him back. I'll be there in twenty minutes. Is all yeah. I texted him. I was like, I'll be there in twenty minutes. So then, of course, he's like calling me. So I have to. I'm like, yeah, I got him. And I was like, I was like, I'm bringing him to you so you can see him in the flesh. And, yeah. Uh, that way, I just don't send you a picture uh, of the deer. So I took it to his office and showed him and um, took some pictures. And one of the cool things of it all is I'd got it back um, to the house and I was like, you know, I was like, I haven't really taken any good pictures with this deer. And it was during the middle of the week. And I'm trying to I was like, well, who do I have that can take some uh, pictures of me with a deer? And I'm, I'm thinking of some buddies. Like, I call a couple of buddies, and uh, one of them, he had taken overtime, and the other one was over an hour away, and he was out in the woods. And, mm-hmm. So finally, I'm like, "Dime was like, oh, you know what? I was like, I can call my dad. I was like, because my dad's retired now, I was like, oh, duh. I was like, let me call my dad and see what he's doing. And I called my, and my dad's not a hunter. Right. Um, He, 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 he calls me the great white hunter. That's what he, that's what he calls me all the time. (laughs) He's like, oh, the great white hunter got another one. And, uh, but I mean, he understands my passion for it, but he's just never had a a passion for uh, hunting. I mean, I didn't grow up hunting and most of the people know that on the podcast. I didn't get into it until, uh, pretty, I was an adult pretty much. Right. And so I texted him, I'm like, hey, can you come take some pictures uh, of me, uh, of this deer? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to come take some pictures. So he came out, um, took some pictures, and then uh, we went and I, I kept the deer out. And he, he hung out for a while and watched that process because he had never been a part of that process like, or, or anything. So um, I think he had a great time. I had a great time being able to kind of share some of that experience with my dad. So I thought that was uh, extra special
1: yeah of course
0: um, for this deer was to be able to get to uh share that with him. and i want to get him out um he had kind of mentioned a little bit last year or some about uh going turkey hunting or just tagging along for oh, a turkey man. hunt or something like that so that'll be my plans for uh this year is to uh, get him out and uh to experience a, a turkey hunt because sure. him and i have never uh hunted together or anything like that so i think that would be uh, cool is to take him out and maybe get him on a bird I think that would be awesome is to uh, get him on a, a bird this uh, upcoming uh, spring turkey season yeah I did Um, I scored the deer just because I was like ah, I'm interested because I had been showing people pictures of the deer and we were kind of guessing it's like oh what do you think the deer scores and we uh, we had all kind of said somewhere between like 120 and 125 inches is kind of what um, our guest was, but he had a big body. I mean, he was a big bodied deer as well. He wasn't one of those. So it was kind of like, ah, I think he might go 125. And somebody was, yeah, he's probably between 120 and 125. And I had been texting back and forth with quite a few people about this deer. I'm like, and we were just kind of. Just kind of bouncing ideas off of people, bouncing ideas off of you and then some of my other buddies that hunt. And at at some point we were just like, oh, man, you've got to get this deer. You've got to get this deer is pretty much is what we kind of boiled down to. Yeah. Because he really didn't have a pattern. I mean, uh, other than, hey, you just need to be in the woods. Yeah. And so I scored him, and I rough scored him at 132 and 6.8. Is Lord. uh, Is what he ended up scoring. So – and that would be my personal best. Uh, Period. Across the board. Across the board, personal best in Florida. (laughs) Um, I've been to Texas. I've been to Illinois once and Kansas. I killed a buck in Kansas, but it wasn't a 130-something. And then, obviously, I didn't kill anything in Iowa this this season. Uh, But, yeah, so my personal best is – I got it this season in Florida. (laughs) And I would have thought I would have done that in Iowa. You know what I mean? Like, I just knew of Iowa. I was going to shoot my personal best this year. And uh, ended up shooting my personal best uh, in Florida uh, this season. And uh, so, he's a great buck. And I actually, uh, when I got all done with that, um, a listener of the show and a fellow that's participated in the Yakin for Bass Challenge, uh, Mr. Andy Thompson, uh he does taxidermy and he's not super far from me uh he's about a little over two hours uh he lives he actually lives in georgia um near thomasville and i had actually told him because i was talking to him earlier in the season because i have that deer that i killed last year and i was and i still haven't got it back from the the taxidermy (laughs) the taxidermist yet (laughs) and i was kind of texting him because i knew he was a taxidermist i was like hey man uh, I was like, what's the normal turnaround time on mounts and stuff? And he kind of gave me like, like a wide range. He goes, well, it depends on the taxidermist. Some get them out quick and usually three to four months. And then some, it just depends on how popular they are and sure. how fast they get to it. It could take up to a year. And and I had told him, I was like, well, I was like, I'm after this big deer. And uh, I was like, and if I end up getting it, I'm going to bring him to you. And I think he thought I was kidding. Like, he, he was probably like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, you're going to bring me this deer. Uh, you're in Florida. And it wasn't – it might have been like four or five days after that that I ended up shooting him. And then I I messaged – I was like, hey – and I sent him a picture. And he's like, oh, yeah, congrats. And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, I need to get him up to you. And he was like – he was kind of like, uh, are you being serious? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to bring him up to you. And so I actually took him, I actually took the deer a couple of days ago up there, met him, great guy, Oh, uh, isn't super he? nice guy, man. You've met him a few times, I think, uh, yep. through hunting in Georgia some, and we've always kind of messaged back and forth with him on bass fishing and some other things. So uh, it was good to finally uh, get to uh, put a face with somebody I had just been messaging with back and forth uh, all the time and meet somebody that's. A, a listener of the podcast and has participated in some of the stuff that we've done.
1: Oh man, so, dude, he is, he is legitimately one of the nicest guys. I, he has, you, you run across people in the podcast who invest in you, right? As a person. And as a bass fisherman, as a Georgia hunter, he's one of those guys that has constantly, as I've earned. And and I just say this, he hasn't given me anything, but as I've shown, as I've put forth the effort, as I've worked hard and he's seen that effort. He's you know kind of slowly fed me little bits of information to help me along the way. And gosh, you, you couldn't ask for a nicer dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, super nice guy. Yep. Uh, he I, actually I he actually climbed down
1: early in the season. He actually climbed down early with his dad and came over and helped me track that that spike I shot the opening weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep, uh, I remember that. I remember telling me that. So yep, yep, great guy. So. One of those, uh, kind of down to earth fellows that, um, is just willing to, uh, share stuff with you. And, yeah. Uh, and then when you actually get to meet them, it's, it's the same person. I mean, yeah. It's, it's awesome. So, and he's yeah. actually kind of familiar with the area that I live in, uh, too. Cause he's like, oh yeah, you're going to be coming from here. Cause we had kind of talked before and he's like, oh yeah, I used to back in the day kind of be in that area some. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um that we kind of shared that so he's just a nice guy
1: he is he really is i mean you you we're lucky to be able to call him a friend that's for sure you know it's uh, oh yeah i'm i'm excited he's doing your taxidermy work cuz uh, i think he's i think you're going to be thrilled with it i know he takes he actually helped me with my um among some other people but he uh, helped me with my euro amount this year um okay He he helped me uh, navigate the boiling process, and when I had some issues, he helped me uh, work through it. I mean, just a cool dude, man, for sure. Um,
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Him and I, we've uh, and I I was like, hey, whenever I come get the deer, we're gonna go fishing. So we got plans to go fishing whenever I come up to uh, get the deer. So um, that's gonna be fun too. Yeah. Get to kayak bass fishing with (laughs) him.
1: Oh, he's gonna you know he's gonna school the hell out of us.
0: Well, that's the plan. I hope to learn as much as I can from him So when yeah. it gets to yakking for bass time, I'm yeah. ready to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> he's a tough uh, competitor, man. He's in. He's well over that. I mean, he was over 100 inches last time, and that was actually a bad month for him. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Mean, he said that, and it that was hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a bad month, and then you go look at his Georgia kayak bass fishing stuff, and you're like, "Dang, this! I mean, he's 115, 120 inch months and stuff like that." So, he mm-hmm. uh, he's hard at it, and he knows what he's
1: doing, especially that time of year. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, he he's a good dude. You know, he he's helped me uh, this past weekend. Uh, as we record this, I'm I'm still licking my my wounds from this past weekend because. Um, he and a couple other people kind of turned me on to some of these these places up there in Southwest Georgia, and I went on my first uh, solo camping hunting trip. I, I really don't know what to classify it. I mean, I, I slept in the back of the Xterra and I hunted for a weekend. It was amazing. Um, and again, it was one of these things where it's like a gentle nudge in the right direction, like, hey, maybe you should check this place out, right? And I had to do the legwork, and um, it, I, I put in, I got drawn, and it was a phenomenal hunt dude i cannot you and i've talked about it i cannot wait for one day for you and i to be able to go up there and hunt this place together because that place is gorgeous i mean just everything you want public land to be if you want to get away from people you can get away from people if you want to work hard and get after big deer the opportunity is there and it's it's kind of dude the more i hunt georgia the less uh, you and I were talking about this just yesterday, the, the more I hunt Georgia, the less time I spend here during, during the Georgia season, just because the opportunity there is so much greater. I mean, it's, I've hunted my quota hunt here in Florida. And I think uh, early season, I tried to go down to the coast and hunt a couple times. That's it, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I've given up on the area, but it's one of those things. There's so much opportunity just across that border.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You and I talked about that and I'm probably going to get my Georgia license next year. I've actually, I've never hunted Georgia. Um, I've hunted Alabama, uh, before, but uh, never hunted Georgia. And I mean, it's not super far away from me. I mean, I'm an hour and five, 10 minutes from the Georgia line probably, um, where I'm at. So, uh, and from, some of the details that you gave me from this weekend, i mean from that quota hunt, i mean it sounded phenomenal.
1: Oh, oh my god. I mean it, yeah, yeah I, it's it's so so conflicting because the weekend went not as expected, but i'm still amped about the weekend, which is kind of always weird, right? Whenever you have like conflicting feelings like that. But um get up there uh Friday i drive up and um wake up the next morning and it was just like a comedy of errors. It was just it was ridiculous. I wake up, and uh, the front windshield's frozen on the truck. The, uh, the heater's out. For some reason, the heater wouldn't work that morning. I've still not been able to figure out what it is because it worked the rest of the weekend. But Saturday morning, when it was 27 degrees, the mm-hmm. windshield couldn't be thawed. So I had to drive down the, 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 the road from camp with the window down and my head out the window, which was bitterly cold I mean that's not that's not what you want to do and I get there I I'm putting my um my sticks on the back of the pack and I've somehow managed to cut one of the straps it looks like and so the stretch so, so the strap pops I'm like oh my god so now I'm carrying my my sticks in my in my stand in one hand and my pack and in, in my in my uh seven pound rifle in my right hand I had to walk two and a half miles to get back there it's like 2.39 miles to get back there get to the base of the tree. And I really needed to get really high just because of the thermals in this area. And I left my friggin' Aider in the truck. <laughs> so so I, I just I just deal with it, I suck it up, I climb up the tree, and as I'm climbing up the tree, the road that I walk down that is a non navigable road for vehicles, here comes a friggin' quad, you know, like bad boy buggy but it was gasoline down the road and he's just dropping people off down the road and i'm like what the heck is going on like this is just ridiculous and 10 minutes before shooting light here comes this bloke across this this uh this open like pine flat area with a q beam in each hand pointed in opposite directions like he was in a western shootout right like some kind of like drawdown and he's scanning both sides of the freaking pine flat uh, as he walks to his stand and I'm like shining him off because he's coming right to me and I'm shining him off. I'm shining off. Dude gets a hundred yards from me and says, I hope you have a good morning and puts his climber up on the tree and climbs up fa- facing right at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just like, what is this? Right. Like this is, yeah. this is absurd. And the worst part is his wind. The, where I was trying to get up and get my thermals out of there, because of where he set up, the wind was blowing right down into the bottom, right where I expected the deer to come from. It was maddening. And the whole time, I'm like, you know what? This is public land hunting. It's frustrating, but, you know, whatever. It, you're just going to keep a positive attitude. And and Bo Lee, who was a guest on the podcast, he lives up in that area, he, he goes, dude, you're probably going to shoot a Pope and Young now. This is ridiculous. He's like, if you shoot a Pope and Young, I'm going to be so pissed. And... It was just kind of one of those mornings where you everything went wrong so badly, something had to go right. Unfortunately, right. nothing went right about this morning. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of starting to feel a little sorry for myself, just, just like the faintest bit. And off to the left, I hear twigs snapping. I'm like, oh, man. And there's a scrape line over there that I had found a month prior. And I look over and hear legs coming through the woods. I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to be my one shot. Swing the camera arm around, zoom in he this buck comes in and i knew it was a buck cuz i could i could just tell by the size of the body of the deer. Here he comes in and he starts working the scrape right there 50 yards from me. Beautiful. Just it had just rained the night before and everybody i had talked to said dude these bucks are going to be up on their feet, they're going to be marking scrapes, they're going to be checking their areas. It went from like a high of 60 the day before down to 27. It was going to be like a high of 40 that day and he sat there dead downwind of me, which is important context to the story, dead downwind of where I had been taking milkweed and tossing it out of the tree. You could watch it float. I swear to you, he was standing on top of milkweed. And so I'm kind of in a bit of a hurry at this point to, 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 to get a shot off on this deer. He's quartering to me. He's working this scrape. And in my mind, I'm thinking, it's only a matter of time before this deer... Catches my wind. He's gone or the wind of that other dude for that matter. I mean, he was, it was coming right down the draw. So I'm trying to anchor on the tree and for some reason, and I've talked to Adam Cruz and I think he's talked me through this, the, the, the tree leaned back just a little bit and like it, in the way that I was hanging, I was on the negative side of that tree. And so trying to get anchored on the tree was difficult because my bolt kept hitting the bridge of my saddle because I couldn't get close enough to the tree. And so he comes in. I was kind of set up facing a different direction than he came. He came in, and I'm sitting there desperately trying to get uh, uh, anchored on the tree, and I'm running out of time. So I just freehanded it. First shot felt great, like felt awesome. Missed. Must have shot underneath him. And I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, he's just standing there. So I rack another round as quick as I can put the crosshairs on him and pull the trigger he buckles real hard limping on his right leg and he just methodically walks into the into the swamp and I was desperately trying to get, get a clear shot um, uh, to, 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 to anchor him um, and everybody uh, everybody afterwards is like well why didn't you shoot him in like the hips and at least drop him because you knew because my gut told me it wasn't a good shot turned out it wasn't a good shot um, he was quarter and two with like a little bit of favor to the right so I was trying to put it on the front right shoulder and, 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 hopes it would go. And I, in hopes if I put it on the front right shoulder, it would have gone through the lungs, probably would have caught the heart. Um, but I pulled that shot forward a little bit. So I entered kind of in front of that front right shoulder and out through the back or out through the, the front left, uh, shoulder, clearly broke the leg. And I had a buddy of mine ask me, like, why didn't you, did you not have a shot at his rear? And I was like, yeah, because you should have like, you know, shot him, busted the hip, dropped him in place and then finished him. And in theory that would work out because you would have more rounds. But in like the, f- the second to last final insult of this entire thing, I only took three rounds into the woods and I'm sitting there at the truck that day. I'm like, there's no way you're going to need more than three bullets. Like, there's no way. You just don't need them. Take the three that fit in your magazine. Just leave the rest in the truck. You've- your pack already weighs enough. I can tell you right now, I will never enter the woods without like six solid rounds at a minimum. <laughs> it will never happen again because I could have done that in theory. You know, like in theory, I could have anchored that deer and then finished him off. And it would have been not ideal, but I didn't have that luxury because in my mind, I only had one bullet and I had to make it count. Right. So I got down out of the tree as quick as I could because I thought I saw the deer uh, bed down, climb down out of the tree, creep into the swamp, and I'm following the blood trail. And it was this beautiful mix of, I still am convinced I got one lung, frankly, because there was this bright red frothy blood. Uh, had bubbles in it. And then you had that obvious muscle hit, right? That real watery blood. And, uh, I followed it into the woods and I was hoping that I would, you know, catch him bed it up and I could slip a final round in. And right about the time that I got to the thick stuff, and I think there's a lesson to be learned here, right about the time I got to the thick stuff, um, he had bedded down and I bumped that deer and I backed out. I called a lot of people, Um, you, you, and almost everybody else was like, get in there and go find that deer. I I heard, I heard what sounded like a thrash. It didn't sound like the deer bounded off. It just sounded like something just fell, like something like a death jump or something. So based on the best knowledge we had at that time, I went in there and tried to, you know, go either go find the deer or put the final, final uh, shot on them. And, um, Went to where I heard the thrash. Didn't find the deer. Backed out. Called a couple buddies, and we went in there at noon. So I shot the deer about 7.45, Went in there at noon, and um, one of the one of the dudes that was there was like, "Dude, this is a hundred percent a dead deer." We found a we found about a two and a half, three ounce chunk of like, you know, meat. I mean, this deer was hurt, and so just as we get like, maybe thirty yards beyond where I where I had stopped in the thick stuff ahead of us. You could see in the brush moving you could see something struggling to get on the other side and unfortunately um that was the last we encountered that deer i backed out called a dog gave it another friggin six hours the dog got there and the upshot is guys we lost the blood trail in the swamp the water picked up and and his dogs worked great i don't think he did anything wrong with his dogs i don't think the dogs did anything wrong i think Whenever you have water like that and, as, and an abundance of it, I think it's probably hard for those those dogs to, to, to track. And, and it was about 10.45 or so. Um, we finally – no, it was probably close to 9.45. We finally just called it. He looked at me and said, dude, I, the dogs are right here. They won't go any, anywhere else. The deer should have been right here. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and they worked that area, dude. Like crisscrossed it back and forth, back and forth. And when he would take them off that area, they'd go right back to that area. Um, right. So – you know, I I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's much different I could have done. I would have taken the same shot regardless, you know, that frontal shots, a seven millimeter Remington Magnum at 50 yards, you know, put it where it belongs. It's a dead deer. There was, you know, there was nothing wrong with that shot. I think, um, I think hindsight being 2020, I should have waited and just called the dog initially, because I feel like, uh, we could have caught up to that deer uh, before we pushed it out of the thick stuff into the other opening on the other side, but I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the advice I was giving you, which sounds like some other people are, is like go get the deer. I mean, you saw him bed down; uh, he's obviously hurt pretty bad. If he bedded down that as quick as you said he did, and uh, to, to try to finish him off, um, and and but it, it, but the way you kind of describe it, it was thick in those areas. So, um, with a, with a uh, rifle and scope and everything else, it's going to be hard to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I still, I, my, in my gut, I think that deer is dead. Like I really do. And, uh, uh, Bo's going to go back and try and find some buzzards. So maybe I can get some closure to this. Um, a lot of lessons were learned. Um, but you know, it is what it is. This kind of thing happens. I get back to the tree stand and I'm, I'm packing up all my stuff because I've got a while. You know, I backed off at let's say eight eight fifteen. Bo didn't get there till twelve, and um, so I packed up all my things. I'm I'm looking at the the SD card. I'm listening, trying to look at the footage to see where I hit them. <laughs> I, the SD card is corrupted, <laughs> and. In the weirdest twist of events, evidently my camera, my DSLR, you can jostle the battery just enough to where the the, the camera briefly loses power, and it takes the MP4 files and auto and corrupts them into Microsoft add-on at uh, Microsoft Access add-on files, which is a database. It's basically like Excel, but it's it's more for like you know managing inputs and outputs kind of thing. And unfortunately, the very first shot evidently jostled the camera. And I only know that this is the issue because as I'm Googling solutions on how to try and salvage some of these files, people are like, oh, well, yeah, I bumped my camera while I was recording or I have the extended battery pack and I was trying to do a hot swap on it and it cuts the battery or I can move the the extended battery pack a little bit and it kills the power and then this is the issue. So kind of, you know, putting two and two together as like the final insult to this entire situation. I wasn't able to even capture anything on footage. Everything for the rest of the hunt is gone. Um, and so I'm in search of a new camera. I've got a loaner coming my way, but it's, um, it was a very frustrating weekend, but the, the, the big points here are I had fun. The camping in the back of the truck was very, like it worked really well. And, uh, I've discovered a great WMA with some, with some real quality deer. I, Chase, what do you think that, I mean, the, the footage is stupid grainy, but what do you think that deer, I, I think it probably would have been my biggest deer I'd shot, but you seem to think maybe the one I shot here is bigger.
0: Yeah, it, it'd be close. Um, okay. The way your camera kind of <laughs> zooms in, uh, your DSLR, it's obviously not as good a zoom as like my right camcorder <laughs> that can zoom in a lot. is a lot more powerful Yep, uh, than that. So even at 40 yards, uh, it still looked like it was a good distance away. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. wasn't quite – and you had the whole body shot of the deer, and he was kind of – I mean, it, it that footage was actually pretty good. I mean, the deer comes in, you can tell yeah. he's working licking branches and things like that, and he kind of – he turns his head. It looked like he had a, maybe a broken tine. Yeah, uh, I think so. On, on, on one of this, his left side, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he, it'd be close to what one of your, your, your biggest Florida deer is. Um, but uh, other than that, it was just, uh, all you basically had was like a frontal shot, uh, of yeah. the deer. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it wasn't a, a giant or anything, but it was, he a, wasn't it was a quality young. buck. Yeah. yeah, was yeah he wasn't Pope and Young, but he
1: was, he was, yeah. he had good mass to him. You know, he was, yeah, he was probably a two and, and a half buck, year old, right? So
0: definitely, uh, I mean, something you're going to shoot. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, something you'd shoot, and then you wouldn't feel bad about shooting. Sure. Uh, especially on a, on a quota hunt or something right. like that. So uh, it's, it was just unfortunate how everything <laughs> kind of played out. Oh, my God. Um, there, it was just, uh, it was almost like that hunt was my whole season. So, yeah. far, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, so, man.
0: And you're going to encounter stuff like that. If you hunt yeah. enough, things like that are going to happen. Right. I mean, heck, they the, all the stuff that's happened to me this year, I mean, I would I'd never had an issue with my bow before, like my rest or anything like that on a hunt. Never not had my muzzleloader go off. Um, and so, and that, all of the stuff I had never had happened, all happened in the same season. Um, so, and pretty close together, um, which is frustrating. Yeah. But uh, you still, you, you, you love to hunt and yeah. you keep going, you push on. Um, and that deer uh, is, is, if he if he is dead, maybe bow. We'll find some buzzards or find the deer, and then if not, I don't. Maybe he makes it, and maybe he yeah. doesn't. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. So your your buck from earlier in this season, uh, you saw him on trail camera two weeks later. Uh, yeah, yeah, The
1: spike that, that I shot. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: That you were yeah. sure that was a kill shot. So. Yep. Uh, deer tough. They're 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 tough animals for sure.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and adrenaline messes everything up, right? Like yes, you know adrenaline is is the biggest thing. You know when I talked to Bo, I said you know this is what happened. He says it sounds like you shot low, and the moment he said that, there was a fraction of that story that was more clear. And he's right; the crosshairs were definitely hovering a bit low. So you know for for a little there while there, I wondered, wow, is my gun off? And then as he as I'm talking it through with him, you know it start the picture starts to get a little clearer and things start to to, to shore up. And sure enough, I think uh, I think I was probably hovering a bit on the low side, and that probably contributed to it all. So. Yeah, um, I know
0: when I shoot, I've tried to shoot freehand, and mm-hmm. I shoot low for right. some reason. Uh, and it's, I think it's just because of uh, uh, practice thing. And I know I was like, yeah. well, if I'm going to shoot freehand, so I've made a decision. I was like, well, until I go out and practice shooting freehand at these distances or anything like that, I'm just not going to do it. Like, if I don't have the thing, because I just don't feel confident in it. Like, I've done it, right. and, and if hit low. Um, I, I missed a deer low this year uh, with my gun, basically trying to shoot freehand, yep. hand uh, at a deer, like 60, 70 yards away. Yep. And, uh, I shot a Pope and young pine tree, uh, that, <laughs> that he was standing in front of like, I, if it was low, I mean, it was just a hair low <laughs> on that deer. Right. Uh, but, and I know I'm like, well, dude, you don't do this. Like you don't practice it. So why do it in the woods? Like you just give the deer, uh, the deer one that, time or try to get, or just try to move. I mean, stuff happens fast in the woods. Like in that instance, at a deer, I mean, I had just set up, like I had moved from another spot. I'd went to another area. It was flooded, uh, decided, Hey, I'm going to move from this area. I went and set up in this other area. And I mean, I'm literally in the tree for maybe 10 seconds, like had just kind of like hung the rifle up on the hanger. And I see this doe come running out of the swamp and a buck's behind her. And I literally had time to grab my gun, turn, and grunt at the deer to get him to stop, like, within mm-hmm. five seconds, trying to take a quick shot uh, like that. And I, I just know that's one of my, my weak suits and something I need to work on sure. uh, in the off season. It's like, hey, go take some of these shots and see what the deal is. That's right. Um, and then maybe either get comfortable doing it or just don't do it.
1: That's right. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of that's kind of, you know, again, a variety of lessons were learned. Um probably probably next time I would just instead of free-handing it out, out to 50 given that I don't practice enough at that probably, you know, I mean at the same t- at the same time, you know, <laughs> the buck I shot earlier this year was at 50 55 yards and uh I freehanded that one and, you know, dead center drilled it, you know. I think uh I think maybe I was a little more rattled that that, you know, given all the circumstances surrounding it, you know, Sometimes oh, things, yeah, yeah. things just happen.
0: Yeah. On the first shot you miss and then the deer stands there. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I've got right. really getting to a rush at that point.
1: Exactly. Like
0: every time I've gotten in a hurry for the most part is when I make my mistakes. Like yep. Getting in a rush and uh, forgetting, cause you don't ever practice in a rush. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's not something you just go, oh yeah, I'm going to quickly do this real quick and, and shoot. And you you miss things, like you miss anchor points with your bow, or whatever, or you do something weird with your gun that you've never really done, or something just because you're trying to get a quick shot off. That's right, uh, at the deer. So I'm definitely guilty of it, and uh, have plenty of things that I need to work on um, myself. So, and not saying you need to work on it. It, it, It's like I said, it was just could have been a rush, and adrenaline's going, and weird things just happen. Uh, in the woods, like unexplainable, weird things happen all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> to a lot of people. Yeah. I was about to say, people. I mean, the, uh, Andy said it best. If you hunt enough, some, something's going to go wrong. You know, I oh, mean, yeah. that's just, that's just all there is to it. You hunt enough, something will go wrong at some point in time and that you, you do the best you can to mitigate that. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I, I did everything I could to recover that deer.
0: Yeah. 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 You definitely did. I mean, you went out and looked for him with buddies and you uh, called a dog after you had, you had kind of talked to somebody with a dog before and they were kind of like, eh, it's probably not worth my time or something yeah, like which... You got a hold of somebody else. yeah And they decided, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go uh, mm-hmm. for you. So you definitely put in the time. And like I said, you really, you didn't get to hunt that evening. Cause you spent all the time uh, looking for that deer. And then the next day, I think you, did you hunt that same area the next day? I did. Yep. I put so, in an all day
1: set. Yeah.
0: And you'd probably, so. I mean, I'm sure that area was kind of blown up from all of, the activity in there from the day before Mm -hmm. (laughs) um which probably kind of led to that uh, i would imagine but and you were kind of like well maybe that deer shows back up i mean he was in that area so you're kind of hoping well maybe if he is alive (laughs) maybe he shows back up in that area (laughs) Yep, and then and then you finish the deal
1: yeah that was exactly the hope but uh it is what it is well we uh we have got you and I have got a uh, hunt coming up in mid January. Uh, we're we're cr- rapidly approaching uh, the Christmas Christmas season, so uh, your season's kind of winding down. But uh, that January hunt should be a a fun one. We're going to do some scouting in mid December, and that will be the official first real like lengthy deer hunt we've done. We've hunted before a little bit here and there, but we've never really like pounded pounded dirt and gotten after it during a a peak time so i'm pretty excited about it
0: yeah yeah we're planning on doing a little scouting trip uh to this area and checking it out i mean we've gotten some good intel from that area from some other people and so our goal is to go check it out and, and it's it's a good it's a solid wma from the the pictures i've seen of the deer uh, on camera and deer that have been taken from it uh there's some real quality Florida bucks taken from there, and it's essentially the rut time for there so that's that's kind of the goal is to get over there during the uh the rut time when our when our chances are are high
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we're gonna be able to fortunately you were able to schedule time off, so we're gonna be able to hunt it during the week yeah <laughs> which boy even, which is which is even better <laughs>
1: um, yeah
0: and i've always kind of been able to be able to do that uh, because yep. of because of my work so i think that's going to be a good a good time and you've got and you've got a slew of other hunts planned uh between now and then and probably after that because
1: uh your season's uh, longer than mine yep got to mid mid february end of february something like that so um yeah now that's that's it why don't we uh why don't we cut this one off here we're at an hour and i want to get something to eat to be honest with you it's lunchtime
0: yeah. Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, man. Well, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you if, if you if you enjoy what we put out on YouTube and and on the Audio Waves, we'd love it if you'd consider joining Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding source that we use to buy camera gear, to put gas in the tank, to offset the operating costs of this podcast. Obviously, that that money's going towards a new camera for me, which sorely needed but uh we'd love it if you join it and if if maybe contributing to patreon isn't the thing that you're interested in tell somebody about the podcast leave us a review all of that helps equally as much and uh we we love all the positive feedback we love hearing from everybody so reach out to us and let us know how your season's going and until next time most importantly get outside and enjoy the great outdoors Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat
0: Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The
1: destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.